Yesterday, actually Friday, I was in a funeral procession. Despite all the funerals that I've done over the years, it's rare that I'm in a procession after the funeral mass on the way to the, the cemetery. Normally I jump in my own car and zip my way down, but the funeral was at St. Mary's in Potsdam with the burial up in Norfolk. Neither well known to me, so I followed along. And I was struck in doing so to see all the cars that saw the hearse, its flags on its bumper, the line of cars following, these other cars slowing down, pulling over, some drivers even blessing themselves as we did so. The hearse, occurred to me, was like a shepherd for us on our way to the cemetery. Not one of us getting lost along the way, but even more poignantly, the body of young Israel Mary was like a shepherd as well. Jesus says, a good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. And there, little Israel, unknown probably to all the drivers and all those cars, still pointed out the way. The destination. For that is what a shepherd does. Points the way. Leads the way. When I was little, friends of mine had a dog. Samson. I don't know what kind of breed the dog was, but it must have had shepherding in his blood. For whenever we were in the car and Samson would be in the back, He'd be watching, full guard, up on all fours. And as long as the other cars were following us, he was very content. But any time a car came from the other direction, he'd be watching it, and watching it with his whole body until he tried to pull it in. And he would make a full loop around, in part encouraging it to come along, and in part just in disbelief, why, you're, you're going the wrong way. It was endless entertainment for us. Thank goodness no car ever passed us. Samson would have just completely lost his mind. And we would laugh because we knew that those cars weren't with us. But were they? Isn't our ultimate destination also the one that, that they're invited to? I have other sheep who do not belong to this fold. These I must also lead. They will hear my voice, and there will be one flock and one shepherd. Maybe Samson was on to something. To unite the flock. To draw all to the one shepherd. That's, that's what a shepherd does. A little aside here. How? can sound Pollyannish. How can there be unity in the ways of the faith? How can wanderers be welcomed to the way, as we say here at St. Mary's? Even in so many families, there's division in the ways of the faith. As you might have seen, I'm excited about what I'm calling my book of the month, written for this express purpose. We can feel like Samson, just 
spinning in the back of the car for all the effect that we're having on the others in our lives. Come on, here we go. Nothing. There's got to be a better method. There's got to be better tools. And the book, Return, subtitled How to Draw Your Children Back to Church, my proposal is it could be, have been written for any family member, any loved one. So many great insights, many that I've known about before, but to have it all in one place, I'm excited to share it with you. We need the best tools in this shepherding process. But the best is the witness. And this is my third shepherd story for the day. When he was a boy, my, my cousin's husband escaped religious and ethnic persecution in Eritrea, in northeastern Africa, by walking with some of his extended family members through the Sahara Desert. I've told you about it before. They would have to walk in the, the cold of the night and tried to sleep in the heat of the day. Many, many did not survive. In fact, he was the youngest and the only child to do so. About 30 years later, though, I was with him. And of all places, the sand dunes of the outer banks of North Carolina. What was going on in my life doesn't matter too much, less to say that it was, I was in a bad place. A lot of challenges going on in my life at the time, feeling very much abandoned and isolated. But Kennedy invited me early in the morning out to the sand dunes as the sun was going to be rising. And with us came his children and a couple of my nieces. And what I'm sure was a reminder to him of hell on earth, this man of great faith let his kids then run and jump and play through the sand. Despite the awful stuff going on in my life, the beauty touched me, to be sure, but even more his own shepherding, his own words. For after all these years now, I think I've figured out why. You see, my cousin, my cousin's husband, Kennedy, he experienced in the Sahara Desert a death, a literal hell on earth in that desert. Not unlike Jesus' descent into hell, but note that it doesn't stop there. Jesus in the Gospel doesn't just say, a good shepherd lays down his life. That would be both morbid and weird. Think how useless it would be for a shepherd just to lay down his life. If the wolves got the shepherd, you know where they're going next. They're going for the sheep. Jesus says, a good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. I have power to lay it down and power to raise it up again. You see, Kennedy's experience of death in the desert led to him sharing new life with me. While I was feeling all alone in the desert of my life, he was there not only to share comforting words, but to share the witness 
that he was able to endure and enter in all the more deeply into this life that he could now share with his children. He entered in and shepherded me. For that is what a shepherd does. Like Israel, he leads us to our destination. Like Samson, he's not satisfied until all are one. And like Kennedy, the Good Shepherd uses his own struggles, his own crosses, even his own death to raise us up. We have that Good Shepherd. And who is he asking us to shepherd today?